The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Mind Body Pause with Charlie Kale, holistic living for you and your animals. You found your happy place to nurture your connection to animals with enlightening information from the innovators who make their world a better place. This is Mind Body Pause on Empower Radio. Now, here's your host, fellow animal lover, Charlie Kale. Welcome to Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animal. This is show number 45, Reincarnation and Tandem Healing with Your Animals with author Tammy Billups. This is part two of a two-part show on recognizing when your beloved animals come back into your life and healing together. I'm Charlie Kale, a passionate dog and cat mom, broadcaster, and Reiki master and practitioner in San Francisco at Energy Healing for People on Pause. I do distant healing Reiki sessions on Zoom, Skype, or over the phone anywhere in the world for people and animals because energy transcends space and time. And Reiki helps you de-stress and relax your nervous system to strengthen your immunity, which during this time, which we are recording in April of 2020 during shelter in place, this is really important. There's more on my website at charliekale.com, C-H-A-R-L-Y-K-A-Y-L-E.com. As an animal parent, there is nothing that makes your heart break more than when your pet is suffering and you can't find a solution. And there's nothing that makes your heart sore more than when you find something that actually helps them feel better. My 10-year-old German Shepherd has dealt with years of chronic leg pain from her elbow dysplasia, and nothing can actually fix it. She's had surgery. She wears a custom leg brace. But I did finally find something to really strengthen her joints and lower the inflammation. And it's mixed with probiotics that also pulls out poisonous glyphosate out of her system. I was so impressed with this product. I made them a sponsor of the show, and the product's called Epigenius for Dogs by Purium. Purium is the brand. They make pure, premium, organic, plant-based superfood supplements. Go to ishoppurium.com and put in my code to get a discount. The code is MindBodyPause, so that's ishoppurium.com with the discount code MindBodyPause. I want to thank you for being here. This is your safe place to honor animals, where we'll nurture our connection to them mentally, emotionally, physically, soulfully, and reincarnationally. (laughs) Is that a word, Tammy? (laughs) Yay! (laughs) My guest is a repeat attender. 
She helps us enhance that amazing soul connection so we can heal ourselves and our animals. Tammy Billups is a certified interface therapist, animal bioenergy healer, and pioneer in the animal-human emotional energetic relationship. She's very active with animal rescue organizations in her suburb of Atlanta, Georgia, and beyond. You've seen her on CNN's The Daily Share, Primetime Live ABC, and Oprah. She was on Mind Body Pause with her first book, Soul Healing with Our Animal Companions, and now it's her brand new follow-up, Part 2 with Animal Soul Contracts, Sacred Agreements for Shared Evolution. Thanks for coming back, Tammy. Oh, thank you so much, Charlie. It's great to be here. So in our last podcast, part one, we talked about the core emotional wounds from your first book, abandonment, betrayal, evasiveness, terror, and then detachment from trying to be perfect. And we also talked about the soul contracts. Now, explain just a, just a recap of how um, we contract our souls, contract with our animal souls to help yes. fix things within us. Yeah, at a soul level, and it's really our higher self, which is our soul's higher consciousness, um, we agree in advance with our animals as to which animals are coming. And it's like, you know, these soul contracts that we have in our agreement between the two of us to expand our growth in this lifetime. And there are seven different ways that we can interact with our animal companions that I have um, that I have found in working with my clients over the last two decades. And I've documented each one of those seven types of interaction for our mutual soul growth, you know, through these soul contracts. I'd love talking to you about soul contracts. Can you tell? <laughs> I love it too. Absolutely. And they range from more of um, earthbound physical on up to uh, the divine connection. So your soul contract types start with physical agreements and they go a little deeper to emotional wound agreements, then projection agreements, then karma agreements, then those unconscious mirror agreements to symbolism agreements. And finally, the seventh, the pinnacle teachings. So it's like uh, it's also like our chakras. You know, in a lot of ways, it was interesting that it's seven, right? Yes. And and that wasn't, you know, that that actually that image that's in the book actually came to me in a meditation. And it's just literally like I panned back and saw the different types of of agreements and that they were in order of vibration, which was just fascinating to me. Right. Because when you start with your root chakra, that is your 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 safety and security and life groundedness, you know, your pure physical. And then it goes right up to your connection to the divine, which is your pinnacle teaching. So it, it is interesting how they all fall in alignment. They're all so, so connected. No one has said that to me. And you know, that, that I'm like going ding, 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 as you're talking about those chakras, because I mean, even the second chakra is so much about emotions and relationships. And I thought, oh my gosh, Yes, and then I'm going to, I'll quote you, but oh my goodness, (laughs) thank thank you you for bringing that into my awareness. And and then when you look at projection, that's your solar plexus chakra. That is how you project yourself in the world. And then your fourth, your heart, karma, and then throat, unconscious mirror of what you're not expressing. And then symbolism, your third eye onto the divine. Yes, it works. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I got chills. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. So one of the things that was very interesting in in 
sad, but we can't view it as sad because, as you point out so beautifully and eloquently in your book, our soul chooses this, our animal soul chooses this. I'm talking about animals that come from horrific, abusive situations. We yeah. have a hard time believing that their soul would choose that or and, you know, we many of us come up, you know, with that kind of a thing, too, as you very well know, um, but our soul chooses it, too. So can you explain something that helps us feel better about when we adopt an animal has come from an abusive situation that their soul did choose to go through that? Right. I mean, this is the most difficult thing us animal lovers ever have to do. Yes. With we, it's like we avoid the news and see yes. you know, those shots. And it's like we don't want to see any gory animal abuse because it's just too much for our psyche to comprehend, you know, because there's a part of this that starts relating or imagining what they went through. And when we've had these unconditional love buckets in our life, we never want to see them abused or hurt in any way at all. And I really wanted to address this in the book because of hopefully it can bring in a new higher perspective that all of us, all souls are choosing the types of experiences that we have and that we've incarnated to, to learn and grow from. And animals are the exact same way. I, as I started working with them, especially when I, especially when I donate sessions to rescue groups. And obviously we know that those in rescue sometimes have some pretty horrific stories. And as soon as they would show me what happened to them, they would quickly want me not to share that image with the person because the person will focus so heavily on it. And they've already manifested getting out of that situation and knowing that they chose to have that. And they would give me these specifics around how, you know, even with a horrific abuse, that these are probably old souls that were just hoping to maybe pivot the person, the abuser's psyche, just even if it's just a nano bit, if that's a word, um, <laughs> yes. into a place of, of them having more empathy with another being or having, you know, more kindness expressed, that any subtle positive change from the abuser is what that animal could have signed up to want to bring in. Same with big, you know, oil spills or whatever. Maybe they wanted to be one of the animals that lost their life or recovered through that to shed light on changing those rules that we have around the ecosystems at a higher level, but they signed up to maybe be part of that so that they could be part of the change. They could be part of the shift that could come through having one of those devastating experiences. It's really incredible. There are so many different things. I think I list out four or five different ways in the book of, you know, even the animals in a zoo, you know, how many animals had to suffer in small cages in zoos. And we had to see that before all of a sudden enough of them got abused or enough of them in the circus got abused where we went, there needs to be change. And those, and there had to be animals that had to suffer that so that the change could come. And so just know that they are likely very old souls at a high vibration that chose to have that type of experience to evolve humankind, to evolve humanity's reaction to taking care of animals at a different level and seeing them as sentient beings because all mammals are sentient beings. They all have feelings. They all know love. Yes. They all want to love. And they all have messages for us. 
They do. Oh, my gosh. And they are counting on people to act on their behalf to create a kinder world for all beings. So you do something wonderful called tandem healing with the person and their animal companion. How do you go about that? Yeah, so the tandem healing is something that I always wanted to explore ever since when I first began working, maybe 19 years ago, when I became into my awareness that animals are mirroring the same emotional wounds as their person, because that's how I see energy. I see these defense structures in their energy field, and maybe abandonment's up or betrayals up or invasiveness is up, whatever it is. And then when I would pan to their person, their person had the exact same wound. <laughs> and I thought, Huh, you know, and a lot of times when I would do sessions on animals, they would miraculously heal and their behavior would stop or they would physically heal, whatever the person called about. But then occasionally it, the person would call me and they would say, you know, but yeah, but it didn't stick, you know, and it started happening again. And then I thought, I wonder if the person was working on their stuff simultaneously as the animal, would it stick? Would it last longer then? And so I started case studies. I invited, you know, I offered a half off of my case studies from Tandem Healings, and I offered it out to my networks, my marketing email network. And I did hundreds of sessions of these, these times when I connected both a little triangle and our heart chakras, when I connected to the person and the animal simultaneously. My requirement was that they do at least four sessions a month and at least one month. Some of them did two or three months, as it turned out. And so I, I started observing what's going to happen, what's going to come up for them, you know, and will their animal, will their soul contracts, you know, come through in addition to just the ones that healing the emotional wounds together, which are almost in every single pairing of animal humans that get close emotionally to each other, but would the other contracts come through as well? And then when they did, and then sometimes I was just blown away by the results, then I started documenting them. And I thought these have to be part of the book because they really are the best way to be able to read a story of what actually happened between a human and an animal when they went on this intentional journey to heal and evolve together through these sessions where I was connected to both of them at the same time. And I was, like I said, I was just blown away with the results of many of them. And so I have seven, again, the number seven, right? There are seven <laughs> of them in the book of that I thought had the most ability to, that people could identify with them, that they could really see, oh, yeah, I have that with my animal. Or, you know, yes, yeah, so I probably have that soul contract. So it's one thing to learn what the soul contracts are, and then it's another to say, okay, but how does it really show up and what's it look like? And so having that be part of the book to me was, was um, the most important piece because that's where you can identify with it. Did you find that when you read them? Most definitely, because I would read it and try in, you know, mentally and analytically to put it together and think, oh, okay, that was my soul contract with Kashi and, and that was with Marco. And, but then I wasn't sure. And then I would read the, the actual case studies and, and it, it just helps solidify it. It helps confirm what you were thinking, but it helps bring up an aspect that you didn't realize and things that you didn't even remember you had going on with you. Um, and I ended up identifying with all seven, but 
that's, you know, we've all had many lives and so have our animals with us, but we'll talk about reincarnation in a minute. Um, so it just kept bringing up more and more for me. And now I was in tears throughout both your books, um, but I don't want to scare people off with that because it's good. It's healing tears. And, yeah. and I, I was crying with the the people in the case studies, I was crying for myself. I was crying with the animal. I was crying with you, and uh, I it's bonding, but it's healing. So it's 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 a good cry, everyone. Um, so one of the things that I think that people have a lot of deep down that they don't even look at is abandonment. It's so down deep and shoved down deep in there, especially when you're a child, and so that you don't look at it. And that one came roaring back up for me. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a story that I can share. Can I share one of the stories from the book? Oh, you can share many. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the one that comes up around abandonment, as you as you say that, was really about uh, this gentleman, Rick, and his dog, Sammy. Rick is one of the stewards on this, like, 100-acre sacred land. They have a big pond. They have horses. And there's, like, this big house that they all live in. Uh, he's not one of the owners, but he tends to the place and he lives on the land and he helps with the events that they have of people uh, to heal. And he called, you know, he was one of the ones that I reached out to. And he said, well, I'd like to do it because I need you to take care of my dog, Sammy, because he's way too needy and he has separation anxiety. And I said, sounds perfect. <laughs> and so before we even began, and there's, of course, many, many more details in the book that I'm not going to remember off the top of my head. But even before, I think it, I think it was like during the first session, you know, afterwards when he was talking about, you know, Sammy, because he's real focused, like a lot of people are real focused on the animal's behavior. And I said, well, well, let me ask you something. So you called in a dog that is very needy. Has there been any relationships in your life where possibly, you know, they were very needy or codependent? And there was that pregnant pause. <laughs> and then he said, well, yeah, every woman relationship I've ever had. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, perfect. So are you willing to go to the root of your abandonment? And then his story, I didn't know his story at that point, you know, where he was, he left home at 15. His father was never around. He was one of eight kids. He had ADD. He had never gotten his needs met as a child, just as Sammy didn't. Sammy, I didn't been told about Sammy yet, but Sammy just showed up on the farm one day and he thought it was the neighbors. They live out in the country. So, you know, the, the neighbor's dogs will sometimes come a calling. And he looked up and he thought that this dog up by the fence where he was fixing it was, um, was the neighbors. And it turned out not, and he wasn't chipped and, he kind of stuck around and he just took to Rick like glue and he didn't think, you know, the, the farm, the owners of the land actually said no dogs and he didn't think he'd be able to keep him. And he was resigned to that of helping him find a home and getting him trained. And they agreed to that. And then probably a few weeks into the journey, um, one of them gave him a name and then a couple more weeks and he was introduced by an owner saying, this is our dog, Sammy. (laughs) And then Rick and his great codependency, I mean, he actually um, found a place out in the hay barn because they didn't allow him in in the house, in the big house. And he started creating a heated room because it was winter time. And he started sleeping out in the barn with him because he didn't want him to be alone. And it was so cute. And just one thing after another. Now he lives out there with him and two cats in this barn where he created this beautiful little apartment. But, I mean, 
through each session, he, they both went deeper into their abandonment wounds, which went back many lives. They had been together many lives. That's why he, Sammy, Sammy recognized him at a soul of the went, You are my person. You're the person I signed up to do this with. Let's go there. And after the second session, Sammy was no longer chasing his truck when he tried to leave, you know, and for months he had been going everywhere with Rick because he would just have this extreme amount of separation anxiety and Rick didn't want that anymore. And now he's very independent. They both are. Rick, Rick has also come to a new level of independence around this. That's been fascinating to watch. So was Rick able to recognize that Sammy, the dog, was was actually showing him his own feeling of not wanting to be abandoned? Yes, they were mirroring the abandonment wound. Good. And and he absolutely got that. Everyone that I have in the book. They woke up to that realization. In fact, they were, Rick is not a stranger to, to spiritual inner healing work. You know, everyone that signed up that had these big shifts had had some previous work. They weren't strangers to looking at their own stuff, I guess you could call it. Nice. Yes, exactly. And so you mentioned they had had past lives before. Um, so we, many times we have soul contracts over several lifetimes. Oh, yeah. Many, many lifetimes. I believe that. <laughs> I believe that the, and I don't know for sure. We'll know when we croak. Sorry, that's a bad word. <laughs> well, now when we come back to the other side, um, how long our soul journeys have been. But we usually will have a really deep bond with those animals that we have been together many, many lifetimes together. And we all know that feeling with one or two particular animals where it's just deeper. And it's, that's because we've been together longer and we've loved each other for a very long time. And so it's a much more familiar feeling that we have with certain animals. We've been with them all before, of course, but certain ones longer. And they're part of our animal soul group, I believe, where we've chosen to incarnate and partner and team up together to evolve at a faster rate, you know, and when we know each other at a soul level more intimately, we know each other's buttons to push more you know, easily and we know how to love each other more quickly and mirror that for each other as well. So why wouldn't we have animals that we, you know, incarnate with time and time again for our evolution? It makes perfect sense, especially when probably both of our souls have experienced a lot of abuse by other humans. So it's uh, sometimes easier to do this soul work with animals because they're safer. They're safer to our psyche. Oh, they are. Oh, they are. And, and more pleasant teachers. Yes, except, except when we lose them. And then when we lose them, it's just it's just heartbreaking, um, which some of the lessons are grief and loss. Some of the soul contract lessons. Yeah, absolutely. That that they could be helping us tap into that. I mean, we all wish that animals would live much longer than they do. And especially if they leave early, it's even, it's even harder, but we animal lovers are so brave to choose it time and time again, knowing that our animals, you know, are not certainly we're going to outlive them, but there can be lessons through their passing as well, where it's helping us tap into unresolved grief from previous passings, or maybe we're, we're going to help others, you know, if they pass by some a reason like a, a food that was bad or whatever, then we can become, you know, an advocate for showing others about that food or, or taking action on their behalf. 
There can be a lot of different things that are going to come through their passing, but it's important to remember that you can make their passing sacred and you can come from a more mature adult place when they're passing or after they're passing, if it was, you know, unexpected to honor their life with you and honor their teachings in your life. So with the reincarnation, I, I know I shouldn't, you know, try to figure out which animal was which from my childhood or earlier. But of course, you know, our little minds play that game and I look at them and I try to figure out, oh, who were you? Do you have any tips, <laughs> anything we can do when we're playing that little game with ourselves? Yeah, well, I know it's a kind of a fun thing to do. Trust that if you're supposed to know that. I know there's curiosity, but if you're supposed to know that for whatever reason, that that will come to you. Okay. you know, there usually will be different traits that they might emulate and you think they have that look in their eyes that's similar to another animal. You probably read about my, my boys, Rumi and Bodhi, and their stories. Yeah, um, of, of how they've come back to me, especially a uh, Rumi, where it's his third time in this lifetime that his soul has been with me. And that was surprising to me when I discovered that during a session, but important for this book. They both came, that knowledge came to me so that it could be part of this book to educate others. So there was a real purpose to and reason in my finding that out. Uh, and and what's so cool is you were able to notice that and realize that this was this certain soul coming back a third time. Yes, and it was both during healing sessions that I was that I was facilitating on them because they had some issues when I first got them uh, when I first rescued them from Good News, and I wanted to help them feel better. And it was it this information just started downloading. And one of them was very healing for me because of the, they in the in his most recent past life it was I'd been beating myself up around you know this one kitten that uh, got rescued that I allowed to be rescued to someone who had not positive intentions and I had beat myself up about that for years and years and years imagining what that kitten went through and so for him to come back to me it was such a beautiful gift. That I was like, oh my gosh, I get to help him heal from whatever he went through. And he just wanted yeah. to comfort you. It's okay, mommy. You did what you thought was the best thing at the time. Yeah. I cried yeah. for you during that. And I was trying to say, oh, you just did what you thought was best. I'm talking <laughs> with Tammy Billups, author of the new book, Animal Soul Contracts, Sacred Agreements for Shared Evolution. Find out more at TammyBillups.com. And that's T-A-M-M-Y-B-I-L-L-U-B. P-S.com. That's Tammy with a B. Tammy Billups with a B. And uh, we're down to no more time. But w one quick last thing you'd like to impress upon everyone. Well, I, well, I'm like, <laughs> but drawing a blank. There's so much I'm um, You'd like to impress that we should do a part three? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay, I know. so here we go. When you recognize that your animals at a soul level are active partners in your evolution. You can then give yourself permission to be more proactive in sharing the higher purpose of your journey together. So think of this as like a cheat sheet for your co-creators that you've got to plan. And I wish you all the best on your journey with your animals. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tammy.
I recommend both your books, Soul Healing with Animal Compan- with Our Animal Companions and Animal Soul Contracts. Both can be found at TammyBillips.com as well as anywhere books are sold. And get them both if you don't already have the first one. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animals. I'm Charlie Kale. And if you need some de-stressing during this strenuous time of COVID-19 or any time, check out my Reiki business, Energy Healing for People and Pause. I can do Zoom Reiki, Skype Reiki, phone Reiki. Reiki, distant healing for people or animals. Go to charliekale.com, C-H-A-R-L-Y-K-A-Y-L-E.com. And you can find past shows there as well. And thank you, sponsor Purium, P-U-R-I-U-M, Purium for their pure premium, organic, plant-based superfoods that boost your immunity and pull glyphosate out of your system, that poisonous glyphosate. It pulls it out of you and your dogs. Go to ishoppurium.com. Put in my discount code, MindBodyPause, and you'll help the show survive as well as yourself. Thank you, Brent Carey, founder and CEO of Empower Radio, Tony Ficini in the studio in Detroit. Take care and remember, no matter what's going on with your animals, don't beat yourself up thinking you could have done better because you are doing the best you can. They know it. They chose you anyway, and they love you for it. Mind Body Pause is a guilt-free zone. See you next time. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.